Welcome to the Humanity Matters Podcast, where we discuss and reflect on faith and philosophy, nonprofit leadership, and social issues. We want to engage ideas on what it means to be a free human being in the pursuit of human flourishing. For more information, visit our website, philipfletcher.org. And now, the Humanity Matters Podcast. A lot of stuff going on, right? Well, it's not real. Yeah, it is. So I wrote on my Facebook page uh, yesterday, I felt like the world was just on fire, right? World was just on fire. And and more specifically, America, our uh, society. So... But then, uh, especially yesterday, that's when I wrote it. I was sitting in our Hope Village Committee planning meeting, and you know, I was looking around the room, looking at my director. She was leading the meeting. I was looking at the construction people, looking at the marketing people, looking at the men and women uh, who have been just been putting their energy in. Uh, to seeing this project become a reality. And it reminds me of things to bring some good in the outside. And that's um, our thing. You know, I have to. On you, it may look like everything is going to looks like it's being carried off into hell in a handbasket. There's everyday people out there doing good work, and so uh, got to have hope. Right, and I mean that there is still good in the world that. improve where we live, where we work, worship, all of those good things. That's an amazing thing. And it's a thing to be celebrated. So great. Seek to to ridiculousness that on the news brought me to another point is you know the news wants us to see what they want us to see and so uh, typically it seems like news is typically bent to show the negative 
uh, that there is the possibility there's more bad in the world than good in the world. But um, again, I tend to think, especially living here in America, you know, some 240 odd years, uh, the life for a person continually gets better. It just does. Like, think about it. I don't think George Washington uh, had a toilet and air conditioner. <laughs> but now you got too many toilets, air conditioner, uh, flat screen TVs. We've got more knowledge available to us than George Washington did or George Washington Carver did. Um, we have the ability to traverse our country a lot quicker than anybody in the past, right? And a lot of that is due to human ingenuity, creativity, a willingness for people to work together to do things. But again, the media tries to present like a different picture. It's like they leave like the good story to the end, right? It's like the last two, three minutes of a news cycle. And it's like, hey, we got a good news story for today, right? I wonder how it would look like if we led with a whole bunch of good news stories. ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, CNN, MSNBC, One News Max, all those places. What would it look like if we led with good news? What would it look like if we just flooded our Facebooks, our social medias with good stuff just for like a day, right? Um, even I think about that. Like sometimes giving the critique is old. Sometimes given the, uh, what's going on in the country and trying to fix it, you know, that stuff gets old. What would it look like for a day? What would it look like for a week? What would it look like, I don't know, for a month if if the majority of people, what if it's just 30%, right? I believe it was Steven Pinker. Uh, he's an intellectual. If you got 30% of a group um, to do something, it radically transforms uh, the culture radically transforms th that group. 30%. What would it look like if 30% of your Facebook feed was just positivity, building you up? I see you. You can do it. You're unique. You're kind. You're remarkable. You're great. All of those amazing things. But nonetheless, uh, that doesn't... Uh, uh, cannot ignore the fact that we got some stuff going on in our uh, nation. Now, if you got a question, hit me up. I'll be glad uh, to take it, interact with you. So, you know, if you've been paying attention, all right, unless you've been living under a rock, right? We got craziness going on at the border. Uh, thousands of kids every day coming from uh, Mexico, Central America, across the border, uh, um, being housed in these facilities, depending on what political party you're in, depending on what you call it, right? And these young people are like alone. Like I can't even imagine these young kids, like little kids, like little kids making this trek to America and everything that's involved and the number of kids who actually didn't make it as well. So that's going on. Then this past weekend uh, in Virginia, uh, 
Lieutenant Nazario. Um, and I feel for him, this lieutenant, right? He got pulled over uh, by uh, two policemen. And they just, I'll be quite honest with you, watching the full body cam, they treated this lieutenant like trash, right? So, oh my goodness. <laughs> what do the support our vets versus the support blue lives, right? You're like, you've seen that meme where you got to like press that button and the guy is like sweating, right? And you're like, do I support the blue lives or do I support the vet, right? I got these two guys, I got these two officers in uniform, like just talking trash to the lieutenant who is also in uniform, who just got finished doing his drill time, right? And he is headed home. Hello. Isn't that something? So now what? Now, I've never been one to be like, ooh, blue lives matter or support a particular group or anything like that because everybody's got their little crazies, right? And um, nowadays it's been politicized, right? If you're not a blue lives matter, then what? You don't support the police. And if you're not black lives matter, what? You don't like black people. And if you're not all lives matter, what? You just, you know, it gets old. Right. But anyways, so the lieutenant, you know, he put his hands out. Right. He did what he's supposed to do. He told him he was scared. Right. Uh, One of the cops got a little crazy talking about he about to ride the lightning. It's about to be bad for him once he gets out. Like for real. Like so that's part of the problem that you've got. Individuals, not all. You've got some individuals within a group. Right. Who are just, quote unquote, bad apples, period. It's not all of them, but you got those few who who show themselves. Sorry, I almost used some profanity there. You got these few who who show themselves. And then in this day and age of social media and like instant news, it gets broadcast to everybody. And in this day and age, circling back to the media. Oh, here's our opportunity to press a particular story about a particular group of people so that we can arrive at a particular outcome. Hey, if you're on my Facebook Live, uh, just, just give it a second. It's trying to reconnect. But I continue on. So, Lieutenant eventually gets uh, pepper sprayed and like, if you have not experienced like, or uh, riot control gas or anything like that. That's a sucky experience. It just is. I remember uh, when I was in the military and we had to go through uh, NBC training to uh, recertify our NBC mask. Like that's a sucky experience. Your eyes feel some type of way. Your nose is running a hundred miles an hour. Nonetheless, that is what it is. Hey, are you from my Facebook Live? Sorry, got a little frozen. Don't go nowhere. I'm right here. Uh, so um, being pepper sprayed sucks. It like sucks. I, I don't recommend it, right? It sucks. But need, needless to say, uh, that lieutenant was treated in a way that is not commensurate with how we are to treat the men and women 
who served in our armed forces, whether they're active duty, National Guard, or reserve. That man, by virtue of his position as a commissioned officer who raises his right hand and says, I solemnly swear to support and defend the Constitution of the United States, he was not afforded his constitutional rights. Isn't that an irony, right? A commissioned officer takes an oath similar to that of the president of the United States. And the way in which he was treated was completely absurd. There's just no defense about it. It just isn't. Now, let's move on to Dante Wright. This young man was pulled over and a officer, she, an individual of 24 years in the force, believes she's pulling out her taser because she does the procedure of announcing taser, taser, taser. But instead of pulling out her taser, what she does is she pulls out her service weapon and kills the young man. 24 years of service. A cop of 24 years. 24 years, right? Believes she's pulling out her taser and pulls out her service weapon and kills the young man. Now, that stuff also is on body cams. Thank God for body cams, right? Thank you. Thank you for body cams. So, the questions become because both the victim in the Dante in Dante Wright's case, he's a black male. In the case of the lieutenant, he is uh, black and Latino. Immediately, the reason for this treatment is immediately the reason for this treatment is is because both of them are non-white. Okay, now one of the officers in the Virginia instance, his last name is Gutierrez. Now, last time I checked, Gutierrez is not a white male name. Not, right? In the case of what happened in Minneapolis, you have a white female, but also a black cop was also present. Now, again, the narrative being pushed is, is that the reason these men were treated the way they were treated. One, Dante Wright being killed. The other, in which the lieutenant being pulled over, was because they were Black. I don't know what was going on in the heart of the Minneapolis cop who, instead of pulling her taser, pulled her service weapon and killed Dante Wright. And I don't know what was going in the head of uh, Officer Gutierrez in regards to the lieutenant in Virginia. Right. What I do know. And what I am tired of uh, of seeing is. What is the. Initial cause for the interaction between these law enforcement officers and these individuals. In both 
cases, and I put this on my Facebook today. In both cases, the reason these two men had an interaction with law enforcement was because these men were driving their cars, but there was an issue with the registration of those cars. In the first case, uh, the lieutenant had just purchased this vehicle and just like everybody else in the world, right? If you're getting a new vehicle, right? You get temporary tags. And a temporary tag was put in the back window of his car. Hello. In the second case, registration was out to date. For the last year, I have been talking about if we really want to address the issues regarding law enforcement and then more specifically things that are going on in um, non-white communities. Now, that's not when I'm saying that that's not code for urban areas or, quote unquote, the ghetto. Okay, what I'm saying is. These interactions between law enforcement and non-white persons. And I want to extend that to any person. Right. Whether it's Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, or Tony Tempa. If you don't know who Tony Tempa is, I would encourage you to look him up. T-I-M-P-A. Tempa. Dallas. Look it up. Is the number of laws that are on our state books that cause law enforcement to be in consistent interaction with everyday people. The question I'm challenging people with, specifically in regards to this registering your car, is why? Why is it necessary? If you have bought the car or you are paying uh, the lease or you are paying the, the typical car note, Why do I need to demonstrate to the city, the county, or the state that purchase? Why? Why is it necessary for any of us to go to the DMV or the revenue office and pay some some arbitrary number to the state? regarding a personal purchase to do whatever we need to do with it, whether it's to go to work, whether it's to transport items, or whether it's to transport a loved one, a friend, family members going on a vacation. Why? Why? Why is it necessary? Now, if you if, if you come and say that it's necessary uh, because it helps pay for our roads, well, there's state tax put into your gas. There's a gas tax. Guess what? To pay for your roads. And then there's also taxes, excuse me. Yes. Tax dollars, public funds that come from the federal government to address our roads. So why do why does the state need to affix an additional cost on the the purchase and the ownership of my car on a year to year basis? Why? Is it necessary? Now I'm speaking regarding to 
my county? Why is it necessary for Faulkner County to say, hey, it, this car that you own or that you're paying on in terms of a regular car note or lease, you're going to have to pay property tax on that as well. Again, if you tell me it's because of the roads, well, I'm already paying taxes in my gas at a state level. The state is getting money from the federal government. Why is it necessary for me to tell the state about the ownership of my car? Why is it necessary for me to tell the county about the ownership of my car? Paul Calvert says, call your legislator and ask them to eliminate car registration. Joy Holmes. Hey, Joey. Good to see you today. Glad you swung by uh, Coho. I remember I was against body cams when they were first becoming common. Now I'm grateful for them. Hey, body cams, it keeps accountability, right? So all that to say this. So these laws that exist, they're paternalistic. They're like, <laughs> you know, it's, they're paternalistic or paternalistic. I, I don't care. You got a mama or a daddy looking over you saying, hey, if you're going to use this, you've got to pay this every year. As a matter of fact, I got to go down to the registration office this week when I get paid. And I got to pay my car registration and the registration for one of my daughters. Why is it necessary? Somebody had reached out to me on Twitter and said, uh, it asked a question, well, how would I prove to law enforcement if my car got stolen? How would you prove ownership of anything else you got, right? You prove it in the case of a car, bill of sale, or you pull out that monthly uh, bill from your uh person who holds the title to your car that you're paying on, that's how you pay it, right? That's how I demonstrate proof of ownership, right? My car has been taken on here, my bill of sale or the note I get every month from Santander that demonstrates. So for instance, I don't care, I'll tell it. So I have a Jeep, 2013 Jeep Wrangler, beautiful, blue. If you see it around, it says Arrowmaker on it, right? Convertible, Great weather, I'm going to pull the top off, I'm going to roll, right? I have to pay 500 and some change a month on my car note, right? So if, God forbid, my Jeep ever got stolen, right, I could report it to the police. I could pull out the description of my Jeep based off of the paperwork I got from the dealer, also from Santander, and I can say, hey, this is a, the year-making model. Here's the VIN number of my Jeep. Be on the lookout for it. They don't need car registration. They don't. If somebody stole my television and mm, you see all this stuff back here, like I collect things, right? I collect, for instance, here you go. I got like this comic book right here. It's got a value on it and all that kind of stuff. I have this in, I have this recorded on my computer. The value the, the number assigned by uh, CGC, that's the persons that value the comic book, the, the Dark Knight 3, the Master Race, right? Book number seven, right? I got all that information stored. 
So if God forbid somebody came in, it was like, we're taking all this stuff. I could lay that out to the police department. I don't need to register that to the state. I don't need to register that to the city or to the county or anything like that. Now, what would it look like if things like this were just taken off the books? And in doing so, that creates greater and greater space between law enforcement and everyday citizens. Well, Philip, are you saying we have no need for a police? I didn't say that. I'll get there. Here's part of the problem, right? Legislators pass these laws. We're at the city level, city council, quorum court, county level, legislators at the state level. They pass these laws, but they don't enforce them. So now you put law enforcement in, you know, a particular situation because they have to go out and enforce the laws. They don't pass them. They go out and do what some yahoos voted to do. So if you own four pumpernickels, right? No, excuse me. If you're driving a purple vehicle with square wheels and there's a law that says you cannot drive a purple vehicle with square wheels, then it's not the governor, it's not your state legislators, it's not your county judge, your quorum court, it's not your mayor, it's not your city council who goes out and enforces that. Who goes out and enforces that amongst private citizens are the law enforcement officials, your police. They are given the enviable task to enforce laws they may or may not agree with. It is their job, it is their duty to enforce these laws. Sorry if you lost my feed, but... What I was saying is it is the job not of legislators to enforce these laws. It's not the job of the quorum court to enforce these laws. It's not the job of the city council to enforce these laws. It is the job of police to enforce these laws. They are given the enviable. I don't envy them at all. To interact with people. And there are times, situations like Dante Wright happens, like George Floyd happens, like Breonna Taylor happens, like the list goes on and on and on. Tony Tempa, the lieutenant, black and white. But if we ask our city, county, and state officials to remove a lot of these paternalistic or maternalistic laws, it would then create more space between law enforcement and everyday citizens. And I believe we would have to make arguments about defund the police or things like that, because the only thing that we have to be worried about is actually protecting us when someone is seeking to do harm to us or take our property. That's really the only time you need to see the police. There was a congresswoman, uh, Rashida Tlaib. She talked 
about abolishing all police, abolishing all incarceration, abolishing like everything. And I'm like, see, you're going too far. Like what? Really? Because statistics have shown, right? Persons in quote unquote populations with more and more brown persons in them, black, Latino, whatever, they actually want police. They want them to come and help. Why? Because there's elements in their neighborhoods that are doing damage in their neighborhoods and they need police to come help them out. So I got what the well-meaning people are saying, uh, defund and get rid of police. But the everyday citizens who live in these neighborhoods, right? They're not saying that. They just want better training. And they just want them there when like crap hits the fan. Other than that, I just don't want to see you. I just don't want to see you. And it's okay. But for law enforcement, they are put in the position of enforcing some of these ridiculous laws. And so guess who's taking the heat? It's not the legislators who are passing these laws. It's not the legislators who pass these laws. Like you need to have your car registered, which led to the lieutenant getting pulled over, which led to Dante Wright getting pulled over and the subsequent things, tragic things that happened in those cases. Who's taking the heat? is the law enforcement. Even good law enforcement, they are taking the heat. Hey, the ones that are, hey, hold, hold Gutierrez in Virginia accountable. Hold the police officer. I know she resigned today and the police chief resigned today. Hold her accountable as well. But at some point, We have to look at the legislator and say, hey, I've got a mama and daddy. I've got common sense. I don't need you looking over me. And if if I'm doing what is considered your wrong thing, you're going to reach into my wallet and find me and put another burden on me. Like, we got to have more and more courage to say that. Like, we're being pitted against one another. And again, there are more and more people out there who are seeking to do what is uh, good than I believe what is wrong. Hey, this is Philip Fletcher, and I am just uh, riffing uh, today. If you ever want to reach out and Uh, ask me a question. You can just hit me up on humanity matters podcast at gmail.com humanity matters podcast at gmail.com. I would uh, appreciate any type of emails on Sundays. I do uh, what is called the mailbag for my humanity matters show and uh, reach out to me. All right. So uh, as I am continue on, sorry about if you're on my Facebook Live, it's going in and out. Uh, my Wi-Fi is tripping a little bit today. So please be patient. Don't run away. Just wait for the rebuffer, the buffering to happen. And I'm not going anywhere. I'm about to be on here for another 20 minutes. Uh, if you got a question, want to shoot out to me, I will take it. Uh, Wade says this. The state government will never allow for this. Once they find a way... To take our money, they almost never relinquish that revenue. 
See, Wade, I hear you, bro. I hear you. Okay. But it's going to take courageous people from all different political ideologies, philosophies to look at what's going on and realize if we want to see impactful change, we have to look at the laws that are put in place. Somebody told me um, they're looking forward to a day when the legislator, a legislator would stand up and say, hey, you know what? We're done here and just close uh, the session. But we have to really look and I would encourage you, right? Go to, um, you can look it up, just Google or DuckDuckGo, the Arkansas code, right? And you can see all the laws that govern us. And some of them are just ridiculous. Like, again, I'm stuck on the vehicle thing, right? Because in terms of like the vehicles and the registration and stuff, it can impact a disproportionate group of people, right? So when I think about the the population of of men and women that I work with on a daily basis, you know, if I got a taillight out and I got to get to work, you know, I got to make that decision. I got to tell out and I got to get to work. But I know if I go to work and I get pulled over for a taillight, one taillight being out, right? But another one's still working. Uh, another one's still working. So no, people know that I'm stopping, right? I remember driver's ed, right? Uh, Mr. Elliot, he taught us about hand signals. So you make a left, you make a right, stop, Right? So your light, your tail light, tail lights or signals go out. You can go back to hand signals. Make a left, make a right, stop. But now it's like if those things are out, you get fined for that. <laughs> then you got to go to court for that. So if a person is an hourly worker, is on a very small income, now they got to make the decision: Do I go to court or do I go to work? Because if I go to work, I'm an hourly worker. I can't get those hours back. I don't get vacation time. I'm not gaining PTO or something like that, right? But if I don't go to court, then somebody's going to put a warrant out for me. And then when I get pulled over, <laughs> now I'm in jail. And then I'm going to probably more likely lose my job. Then I've got a fine that I've got to pay off. But in order to pay that fine off, I got to go find me another job. See, Mm. It's what is called the law of unintended consequences regarding some of these ridiculous laws. Unintended consequence, Dante Wright being killed. Unintended consequence, the way that lieutenant was treated. Unintended consequence, what happened to Philando Castile. Unintended consequence, what happened to George Floyd. George Floyd, that was a civil matter. He was passing some fake money. That's a civil matter. Law of unintended consequences. And who pays for it is not the people who write the laws, who vote on these laws and pass them. Who it is, (laughs) is us, the people. Probably losing some people, but... Again, please be patient if you're on my Facebook Live and it's going in and out. 
Uh, Wi-Fi is tripping today. Joy Holmes said this. I remember as a team looking forward to the quote unquote book of laws. I expected to receive as an adult that quote unquote book, of course, would be ridiculous number of volumes. Big. That is very true. That is very true. You know, this whole thing about being pitted against one another was really put on beautiful display over the last year. You remember? You live in Arkansas. You know, the governor with whatever authority that he had, right, um, started imposing, you know, the mandates and all that kind of stuff. And uh, in that, the enforcement was not given over to, to... Law enforcement, those who were to enforce it were everyday citizens upon one another. And we've seen how that's turned out, right? People mask shame one another or non-mask shame one another. People support some businesses and not other businesses, right? People are making all these decisions, looking at one another, being suspicious of one another. And who was left to do the enforcement? It wasn't Governor Asa Hutchinson. It wasn't the state legislature. To this day, I don't know what happened to the state legislature. Like, I don't know. Nobody called like a session to be like, hey, we need to figure out something, right? Who did the enforcement? Businesses upon other citizens. Like, we were being pitted against one another. And other people just carried on about their lives, got on and, you know, did their press conferences, so on and so forth. Right. And, you know, obviously, and I remember this, I remember watching this in one debate, you know, if people didn't wear a mask, they were being selfish. Right. And so on and so forth. Whatever. Needless to say, my point is this. And I'm going to keep stating this. The individuals who are not impacted by the enforcement are the very individuals who are passing these laws. And so it got me to thinking as I was coming home, what would it look like if these legislators had to go out and actually enforce the laws that they wrote and passed and voted on? I bet you they would turn around and be like, yeah, we can't do that. I don't know. So, Shooting one of the elephants in the room. Do I think racism motivated the killing of Dante Wright and what happened with Lieutenant Navario? No, I don't. I stand by that. And if you disagree with me, hit me up. Hit me up. I don't think it was. If we do not come together and figure out how to approach our legislators and say, you know what? We don't need these laws. We can handle this on our own. Or I just don't need you in my business like that. 
There's nothing wrong saying that. I really, let's move away from the vehicle for a second, right? I can't think of an individual who does not own a television. No, 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 no. I take that back. I can't think of an individual who does not own some form of a smartphone. I can't think of one. What if I'm putting this out here, but I can imagine some legislator coming up with this idea in order to pay for getting Internet established all throughout the state of Arkansas so that everybody has access to broadband. That when you purchase your cell phone, right. Not only are you going to pay a tax to. Uh, use that phone and that's tied up in your cell phone bill. You should look at it, right? But you would also have to take it down to the revenue office. They would have to look at the unique serial number. It's kind of like a a VIN number in your phone. That phone would have to be registered and then you would have to pay some, some fee to use your cell phone every year. But you have to go down to the revenue office to do that. And if you didn't go down there and pay that, then they could cut off your service until that's paid. How would you feel about that? Now, I mean, like a smartphone is like twelve hundred dollars, right? I mean, if you just get it, you walk out the store purchasing one. It's like buying a use a used 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 car, right? But the justification, the justification for taking your phone down to the revenue office. Yeah, Wade, I'm going to look that up and I'll I'll put that out. Okay, I will look that up. I was thinking about that myself. But back to my cell phone analogy, because, you know, typically like twelve hundred dollars. Right. You're supposed to get one outright. But most of us are paying a phone note. Right. Come on, y'all. My son, he's a manager at, at, at T-Mobile. I, you know, I know the deal. I know don't give him ideas, but that's the only way I'm trying to like, Joy, I know, but I just want people to like think, right? <laughs> I'm just trying to make people think, right? Because we pay tax and tax and tax on our cars. We pay tax and tax on our homes we live in, right? And so why not pass arguably the third most exp- expensive thing that you have in your home is your cell phone. But the justification is this. We are doing this so that we can provide broadband to everybody across the state. There should be the new word equity. All right. Don't get me started on that. Okay. And if you don't support this kind of thing, then you are against, this is how it goes. You're against poor people, right? You're against people getting access to information, so on and so forth, right? That shell game. All right. But anyways, so it gets passed, right? People are going to feel guilty, right? So it gets passed. So effective, I think it's 60, 90 days of passage of a bill, right? You can correct me on that. 
you got to take your cell phone down to the revenue office, just like you take, got to go down and pay your, uh, for your car tags. You do it online, right? You got to show proof that is operating, whether it's through AT&T or T-Mobile or, uh, Verizon or, um, oh yeah. So that's the only three ways, right? So if you're going down to the dollar store or Walmart and getting one of those cards where you can reload, oh no, nope, nope, nope. That business is taken out. You got to have service through AT&T, T-Mobile or Verizon. You see where I'm going, right? How this works, right? All right. So you got to show proof of that. You got to show them the the unique number to your phone. Then you got to pay X amount of dollars and that's good for the next year. And if you don't pay it within a certain time frame, your service gets cut off by the state until it's paid. In a similar way, that is what's being done to our cars. But who enforces it, right? So it won't be the politician that 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 passed the law regarding the cell phone, excuse me, the Internet Equity Act, right? And the Internet Equity Act is paid through the tax on cell phones. Who enforces that is some form of, of law enforcement that checks from time to time <laughs> your registration. I think a lot of people would be like, oh, heck no, right? Oh, heck no, especially the number of people, right? Especially in certain economic situations who can't afford like an AT&T, T-Mobile type plan and they have to do the go get a card from Dollar General or Walmart and they load their phone with a number of minutes every month. But registration, hey, it impacts poor people. It impacts everybody, black, white, Asian, brown, rich, poor. And in some cases, not having a registration can be deadly. God rest your soul, Dante. God rest your soul. God rest your soul. All right, I'm going to take a... All right. Uh, yes, Wade, I'm going to find out about that car registration thing, then I'll post it. Uh, I got gotcha. you. My husband has failed against car registration since forever. Mm-hmm. Hey, my daughter just texted me. She needs like $5 for uh, ice cream. She's in Fayetteville. She's been reading a lot. Oh, bless her heart. Ooh. I'm going to have to look out for her. Uh, Jim says... What we should really start demanding are line item audits to the people on where all these taxes and fees uh, are being spent and to whom it is being spent to. Oh, and the connections with politicians and those receiving the money will blow our minds. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. 
Oh, he's railed. Okay, I got you. I got you. Hey, if enough people stand up, things can change. So, as uh, Paul Calvert said, email your state representative and be like, hey, why do we have car registration? Why? Why? <laughs> why? Just, just why? Why? Hey, I appreciate y'all very much. Thank you for joining me uh, here today. If you missed any portion of this, this will be available on my YouTube channel, Humanity Matters, and you can watch the whole thing. All right. Catch my show on uh, Friday as we will be ch chopping it up with Ice Cube. Well, I'm not going to be talking to Ice Cube, but um, we're going to be uh, looking at rap, hip hop, and freedom. And we're going to be looking at Ice Cube, Endangered Species. All right. So that should be good. If you miss any of those, rap, hip hop, and freedom, I would encourage you to go and check those out. We have covered uh, NWA. We have covered Public Enemy. Uh, we have covered J. Cole. Uh, we've talked about freedom of speech and freedom of expression. We've talked about taxes. And we've talked about the role of the state in our lives. Looking at who? Rappers, hip-hop artists, right? It's been pretty awesome. And so next is Ice Cube and his track, um, Endangered Species. Thank you for joining us at the Humanity Matters Podcast. For more information, visit our website, philipfletcher.org. Like us on YouTube. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Remember to be loved, be kind, be generous. And if we remember to live in hope, we can do the impossible.